What up, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Body Hoops podcast. This is your host, Max McCoy. Uh, we haven't had an episode drop in a couple weeks, so I'm happy to be back. Had some personal things I had to attend to, um, but we're back to regular schedule once a week. So I appreciate you guys asking, reaching out on Instagram, asking about the podcast. Uh, you guys are like my community, my family, so I really appreciate you guys listening to the podcast uh, and then engaging with me on there. I usually am talking to top performers, top experts within the basketball and holistic wellness space. Um, You guys know my vibe if you've been following me along. Today I'm talking to a float tank owner, Scott from Ventura Float Tanks. I had a a float tank experience, a sensory deprivation tank experience, and it was really wild, man. It's like I've meditated for a while now, but the sensory deprivation tank or the float tank is kind of something I've never done before, and uh, it was a really wild experience. People that don't know, a sensory deprivation tank is like this tank of water that you lay in and it has this type of salt in it that makes you float and then the water is heated to basically your body temperature so you can't really feel the water so it almost feels like you're floating uh, and then you lay in there with light, no lights so it's completely dark and it really just feels like you don't know where you are, you're in this tank but it's completely dark and you feel like you're floating so it's a wild experience, I was in there for an hour and uh, had a trippy time to say the least but this episode's cool because we talk about kind of the float taking experience itself um, and then we can how you can kind of take the things that you experience in a float tank and apply them to the rest of your life whether it's meditative states whether it's a broader perspective or whether it's visualizing something so um, me and Scott had a dope conversation this guy's floated over a hundred times hundreds of times he said so you can imagine the kind of perspective he has on life um, having had such intense experiences so often so I thought this was a really interesting conversation. It definitely is different from the rest of mine, but Scott was an awesome dude. We had an awesome conversation. And and like I said, we talked everything from meditation to visualization to perspective. And for anybody like me that's interested in the mental side of things, you might enjoy this episode. So here's my conversation. Post-float tank experience, post-sensory deprivation tank experience with Scott, the owner of Ventura Float Center. Uh, We chopped it up. We had a good time. Enjoy. I want them to know that uh, and feel that this is something that will just happen. It's a natural thing. So it's not about meditation. It's not about spirituality, religion, dogmas. It's not anything that people have to fit into. I want to let them know that they are just going to relax and kind of get back to their natural selves. Uh, because in this society, as we all know, uh, we're being tugged. Our mind is being tugged and our bodies in so many different directions that this is just a really good break with science behind it. And the science is that after about 15, 20 minutes on the average, um, the magnesium mineral through the Epsom salts, magnesium sulfate, actually gets into your bloodstream, gets into your muscle tissue. And the science is that it just is calming and it lowers the blood pressure. Um, over That overall calming effect allows you just to kind of give up for a while and let your mind and body heal itself and just take a break from everything. So that's kind of the science of it, I would say. I like that. I'm, I'm a guy that needs some science in everything. Um, I think science is a good way to get people's foot in the door with anything. It's like, you know, you almost appeal to their mind and their logical side and then experiencing is a whole different thing. So you walk into this very zen-like room, uh, dim light, he, he paints you a picture of what it's going to be like. You can keep the door open, closed. You can have the lights off, a little light on. You could have music on, a little music off. Um, 
you get in there, there's Epsom salt, there's magnesium, you feel the warm water. So I opted in for lights off, no music, um, which is, I feel like, and you said, it, it kind of is the full experience. You kind of have the, the mind just going wild. Why do you think it is scary for some people to go into this experience without music, without lights, and you're just left alone? Why do you think that is such an uncomfortable feeling for so many people? Well, the connotations have always been there as far as when you're a kid. Um, there's a reason there's a nightlight industry, right? Um, so you're bringing all that stuff in with you. Right right off the bat, that, that could happen if you have those things. Not everyone's that way, but, you know, <laughs> I'm not saying that people come in here and that sit, feeling that way have always slept the light on. It's not that, but you're in a new environment. You're walking into an office complex. You're having an orientation with a stranger, myself being the stranger, you know, um, you're doing something you may have some either some anxiety or some you know uh nerves uh, about doing this you've heard some sensationalism and some hyperbole going on the internet about oh psychedelic trips and you know traveling and you know it's almost like you know doing lsd no 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 that's i don't take that away from anyone but i don't want you to focus on that because you'll be highly disappointed yeah the same way that I was my first float. I was waiting for answers and visions and nothing happened. How many floats have you done? Oh, I don't know. If you had to put a number on it. Numbers, plural, hundreds. Hundreds. Yeah, yeah but I mean, I if you own and operate a float center, you better be floating. Otherwise, why are you doing this? Yeah. I mean, you know, I'll tell you what, we're going to have a podcast here, um, hopefully within the year, and you're going to be interviewing me about how this is going as a nonprofit, offering floats to people for free specifically military vets because this really helps with PTSD um, not for everyone but people that are open to it and are working within themselves not trying to pop a pill to feel better but are really taking hold of themselves and you know making an effort to get to know themselves physically nutritionally mentally and just trying trying to hack their way into a better natural person I guess that that's a good segue I'm going to start speaking on my experience then you know there's so much but I want to hear your perspective on it, how you kind of feel about that and your experiences with it. So the darkness being the first huge thing for me and that like you are just alone with your thoughts. You can barely feel the water. You just feel like you're floating. Uh, there was that initial like nervousness, like you said, and, and almost sm- slight bits of panic at first, that claustrophobia. You really have to just surrender to your environment and know that it's going to be okay. And and especially when I would open my eyes, it's a weird sensation to open your eyes and to be in complete darkness. It's like, wait, are my eyes open? Are they closed? And so keeping my eyes closed was a, a definitely a, a soothing factor. But the surrendering was the biggest first thing I had to get over. Surrendering to the fact that um, I'm giving up all my control, but it's in a controlled environment. And so in that sense, that I've done the psychedelic experiences before, and that was the bridging factor in that I knew to give the experience the full effect I had to surrender and trust that everything was okay and I had to just trust that I was in a controlled environment with a trustworthy person in a, in a safe place and that I had to just let go which is so hard so that first maybe 10 minutes or whatever was just letting go and is that uh, is that pretty common is that something that you found beneficial throughout the rest of your life for me letting go isn't easy uh, especially when you don't know how long your battle because in their time mor- morphs too I didn't know if the first 10 minutes was the hour or if that was only one minute you have no gauge of any time any place you're at so for the first whatever minutes 
the first chapter I would say is surrendering and understanding that I don't really have full control of this and just to let that go. Yeah, you hit it because, I mean, literally think about it. Unless you're a deep meditator, which I am not, I know that I should. It's just like nutrition. Everything is nutrition for us, right? Good nutrition, bad nutrition, but everything is no matter what we ingest, whether it's spiritually, uh, you know, mentally, physically, it's all about that. And where, but where else can you go to totally, totally cut out? Um, besides, you know, a deep meditation. Now, I'm not saying that in a promotional way, like, oh, where else can you go, man? Floating's, it's not that. But when you place yourself in that situation, especially for the first time, it's really hard to compare it to another situation where you are total darkness in water, zero gravity. And, you know, it, this, it's, it could be womb-like. Yeah. All I can tell you is that I found one of the most comfortable, secure, loving, nurturing places as far as a feeling that I can ever remember. The mind is so powerful that when you when you are in the float tank, it can take a few times to get it down. You know, one time, I feel like one time is if you remodel your house and you prime a wall, maybe you retextured it, whatever, but you primed it. You didn't like the color. So it's now it's a primer. It's just blank white, ready for... Uh, the next phase to, to put paint up there right well floating one time and never trying it again is the same thing you've primed you primed your mind but you've never come back to add color to it so it's not a bad thing at least you're getting into it and yeah. you're trying you're starting the process but you got to do it two or three times to really get it that's uh that's a great point i felt like i did a lot of work in terms of uh kind of understanding the nature I went in similar to you thinking like all these great things are going to come to me right away and uh, even though you told me hey just don't have too much expectations but I also did expect more vividness in terms of like oh this is such a breakthrough but it was more of like a foundational thing where I had to first get over the darkness first had to surrender first had to be okay with not having control uh, first had to understand that I don't have any gauge of time it became a sense of like I don't know. And, and then I, I honestly just was so like almost pressing too hard and, and trying too hard to make something happen. And then I surrendered. And in that surrendering, it became, I got really tired. I fell asleep. Uh, I woke up and I didn't know how much time had passed. And I was like, oh shit, I fell asleep. I only probably have a couple more minutes left. And I was very wrong. I probably only fell asleep for a couple minutes, but I, so I had a whole lifetime left. And it was almost through that first, I felt like that first half of it was very priming, like you said. And then that second half, I was definitely getting the benefits of the, the experience. Like um, We had talked about visualization before. And so I went in and started visualizing uh, after, after my nap. But before the nap, everything was very just like, you know, very pressing and very difficult. And then I fell asleep, woke up. And I felt very at home, like you said, very womb-like, very like, you know, post-lethargic feeling comfy in the in the womb basically and then I started to try to visualize and um, I felt like I started to slowly put on some layers of paint to that primed wall so was, let me ask you visualization what were you visualizing did it pertain to I, you don't have to get too personal no yeah I had way. a uh, I had then two days later uh, one of the bigger interviews I was going to do 
um, with this NBA trainer named Jordan Lawley, who it went well, it went great. But for the longest time, I was trying to really visualize that encounter. He was someone that was someone I always wanted to talk to, um, quote unquote, out of my league at the time. You know, he's he's training NBA players. He's a huge personality in the space, and I was exce- I wanted to make a good impression, and so I was just visualizing kind of that encounter, how my energy would be, uh, how I would show up to an environment I'd never been to, you know, showing up at his facility by myself. Uh, and I wanted to really visualize myself doing well and in visualizing, I definitely had some blocks and it was cool for the first time to be able to, cause I wanted to walk myself through the process. Like if everything was going perfectly, what would it look like? try to feel that and, and really visualize it. So you had some preparation. That's it was more of a preparation for you to know that, Oh, this could happen, but I want to make sure that happens and let's hope. Or- well, I was trying to visualize the best case scenario. So almost as if like I've already seen it go perfectly in my brain. That's kind of how I wanted to visualize. And then I would be like, why am I not able to get to the end result? So I'd have the end result and that like he was stoked and I was stoked and we just like really had a great, you know, it's just energetic. Like we had a great talk with each other. We could feel each other. Uh, we had like a great relationship from this talk, you know, because you walk away from these talks often with a great relationship with someone. And I wanted that. And but then for some reason, I couldn't visualize, I couldn't even imagine the end result. And so it took some reflection as to like, why am I having this block? Where is this block? Um, and I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was the first time that I tried to visualize something and could tell the reason I can't, I'm having so much trouble visualizing the end result was because there is a block within me. And I think it might've been a, a maybe a harming self-belief. I don't know what it was, but I got very clear in the tank. Wow. So you saw that obstacle in the tank as far as that, whatever that, uh, that barrier for you was, you saw it and you confronted it or figured a way around it or over it or under it. Or I just tried to maybe show compassion to it and just be like, wow, I didn't realize that, uh, you know, you can have these things, these blocks when you're even just trying to use your imagination. Like it's like the, the inner dark, almost ego self wants to be like, no, that, that won't work. That won't work. Don't. And I'm like, I was in the tank. Like, why, why wouldn't that work? Why, uh, wouldn't this work out perfectly? And yeah, it was just the first time I, I really gave myself the space, the time. And I was in a meditative, relaxed state. So I had no rush. Uh, I didn't know how much time I had left. So I was like, let's really work through this and see how this process will feel. And yeah, I felt the block. Um, definitely some unconscious shit, but Look, man, and I love what you're talking about because that's something that I don't get enough of in here. I do get it. I mean, when the Cowboys are in town, you know, I get some big dudes in there, you know, and athletes. But I always go back to basketball when I think about guys, athletes, and when they achieve or touch into flow. Let's just talk about three big names. And we'll go to pretty much, well, two are in the same area, Jordan and Isaiah Thomas. And then we have Kobe. We'll all tell you about flow. We'll all tell you about how that basketball rim looks like it's about eight feet in diameter and nothing, they get into flow. So they're not even trying anymore. They're just allowing and letting it be. What preparation comes into it? Practice, you you have to be practiced though, right? If you were to explain flow to a smart 10 year old briefly, how would you explain flow state you got me on that i don't know do you have, do you, have you thought about this i just thought of it because i'm trying to think of a way to this is a way to frame like how would you simply put flow i would say it's it's when you're in this the feeling that you don't think of the past you're you're so locked in on the present 
you're um, you're not thinking of anything else. You're not thinking of the crowd. You're not thinking of expectations of yourself. You're not thinking of the past, the future. You're engulfed in the present. You're focused. It's a very sharp focused. It's almost a fun focus. Um, but you said something but, a few times, which but, hit it. Not thinking. Not yeah. thinking. Yeah. Not thinking. Yeah. And but you know, you're. I think it also has to do with you're also working to achieve a task that isn't easy. But it's not incredibly hard. But nothing's hard, nothing's difficult. And that's you're right, that's where the flow comes in because you're not even thinking about easy, difficult, hard. You're just doing it. You're just going, man. And I mean, look at nature. You think a, a gazelle has a calendar or Dude. a list, a checklist of things to do? It's crazy you said that. That's been something hitting hard for me this last week is getting almost stressed, overwhelmed with whatever the task might seem so big and I'm taking it too too much at one time, step into nature and you're just reminded that like nature is so perfect and it doesn't rush. It doesn't, it's, it just is. And it, it is working towards this end goal that if you saw a big tree and it was, when it started as a little sprout, you'd never tell that little sprout, you'll never reach that level. <laughs> exactly. But it didn't rush. It didn't work that hard. That's crazy you just said that because that's a concept I'm trying to keep in my brain. Well, it doesn't care about what you think or what any, it's just being, right? It's just being, which is tough. I'm now wondering, like, in the float tank was the first time I felt, there's the block. There it is. Let's work through this block. But now, so say I'm visualizing money or visualizing being the best athlete or entrepreneur or whatever it is. We, it's easy to say let's visualize the end goal but maybe sometimes we don't recognize that there's this deep underlying part of us that doesn't even believe the visualization to be true or possible and we don't sometimes give ourselves the chance to work through that and be like why don't I believe that why don't I believe that this is actually possible like you said just ask for what you want but you have to ask for it in a way that you know is possible or else energetically you're kind of sending yourself mixed signals and saying I want this but I really honestly don't think it'll happen so it's, it comes from a place of belief and I've never felt such clarity uh, in such a deep meditative state like I did in the tank and being able to work through a block and I feel like if you if someone was able to do this frequently like if I was able to do this every week I would always be working on where's my block mm, and it's that's good and it's like this um, it's like this metaphor that if you can find the block maybe this is all I'm just thinking of this on the spot but if you can find the block as you're visualizing or asking yourself what you want, find the block and seeing where do I not believe this is possible, work through that. And almost as you remove the block and actually fully believe, maybe then you're in your shoes where you're attracting the money, you're attracting the conversations, you're you're doing the things that maybe you weren't doing before. Like, I wonder if there's a correlation between mental blocks and external blocks so for some reason financially things aren't coming where's the block where is that in my mind where is my limiting belief in my mind uh and then working on that internal so that the external kind of take care of itself you have to accept that i think what you just said is perfect you accept it and not try to figure out why or why not you just accept it and say okay then i'm moving forward that's Mm -hmm. it um that's that's interesting though that you could do that and give yourself a lot of credit because that tank cabin pod whatever you want to call it it's not magic it's not magic you don't go in there and come out otherwise dude i'd be six foot five with an afro you know (laughs) having my lawyer going over contracts right now right you know i'd be doing something no it's not man it's not at all but i say give yourself credit like i do to a lot of people that come in here for working on whatever they do because in this case you've actually looked to seek out the lack of a better phrase the negatives or the blocks a lot of us 
I almost said a lot of people, but I'm one of them, man. We look for an easier way yeah, to get those do. things. And this is not the way it's set up, man. It's not the way it's set up. No, like I, I like the sitting on the couch and falling into the lap, into your lap uh, analogy because it's just, it's not meant to be that way. Yeah. That's the, we're here to learn. We're here to achieve. We're not here just to receive. And we're here to give. And sometimes giving is giving to yourself. And sometimes that is putting yourself in uncomfortable situations, what you perceive to be, right? But then how many times do you do that? And you come out of it and you feel like, God, it wasn't so bad. Yeah. You just got to hold on to that. But I like how you are that was beautiful, going after going after what you want. And when you see those blocks, like running to them, don't run away. Don't look the other way. Like they're all bullies. They're just bullies. Go they stand really, up to they it. They really are. They're like internal bullies. Like your mind knows everything about you, but it also knows how to like work against you in these weird creative ways. And that's a blessing, man. It's it a blessing is. that these things that happen to you because they give you opportunities totally to, work to face them and then to gain that feeling afterwards of, wow, I actually, and guess what? Use that as momentum. So it's all momentum. And man. that's, that's the cool thing about the tank. It's such a fucking balance of this deep relaxation from the magnesium entering your pores and your body just feels like light and you're, you're so deeply relaxed and calm and not overstimulated or anything like that but then you also have the chaos of the mind and you're working through some shit so it's on the one hand the most relaxing thing I've ever done on the other hand it's one of the hardest things I've had because I'm sure everybody when to enter it in the space I did I went into it like as an adventurer and saying like let's tackle this let's see what's going on in this brain and luckily I have a meditative background a little bit, so I'm comfortable there, but in that way it was work and it was working hard on seeing where I was limiting myself and trying to break down my thought patterns and really being able to see things very clearly. Sometimes, like I said, it's not easy. It's work. It's hard. So, but not hard. You lose that word. Not hard. It's just something you I need to that. do. No, it's just something you need to do. And nothing's hard. Yeah. Uh, it's only hard if we... Uh, Maybe uncomfortable is the word at first yeah but we should embrace that yeah. the same way people come here for, to, the, uh, to float because it helps there's a science to the um, uh, dealing with anxiety and that's the magnesium that's a science that's a calming effect but I like to think was told to me by a shaman that I used to uh, can't say work with but we would have great conversations and I like the way he put it and he said that a lot of people think anxiety is depression or related to depression and he said it's actually a blessing anxiety is a blessing if we look at it the right way and by that look at it how all anxiety is, is let's say that to simplify it i mean i'm not trying to simplify people going through it but but they should look at it from maybe try it from this way and it might work for them that the blessing is that anxiety is nothing more than alarm an eternal alarm saying hey whoa, whoa hold on here time out time out time out we need to regroup because it's alarm saying that something's not right it doesn't mean anything's bad. It's just something's not right. You're not feeling right with it. Mm. Either you're worrying about the past, present, future. It's usually related to worrying. And, you know, why worry about the future? I, I used to get caught up in this a lot, too, where I would worry about, well, but, oh, man, if I do this, and that's going to happen. Oh, how am I going to pay rent? I only got three weeks to come with the money. And, like, you're so focused on this. To myself, I would say, you're so focused on this that you're not focusing on the good stuff that you're supposed to be doing that will get you there. So it's like you're almost putting these roadblocks in front of yourself. Why would you do that? Um, it's just something that we do. Um, yeah. I like that. And it's almost... Um it's like a, it is a almost instinctual survival mechanism, anxiety. 
and I, I have anxious tendencies, so I work really hard to to battle them. And uh, it definitely is like a heightened sense of awareness in terms of what could go wrong. It's like I'm assuming it comes from when we had to watch out for tigers and bears and whatever, and, and had to sur- fight for our survival. Anxiousness is what kept kept us alive, so that we weren't just blissfully walking around in the woods. But the tank, definitely. Um, one big thing was I almost felt like I was so detached from life. Um, and I know this sounds maybe like, of course you did because you're in a dark tank. But when I would think about like, wow, everybody's just going about their days right now. And I'm just in a tank. I'm floating in a tank right now. And and as I kind of thought of that, I could feel almost the pace of life and how fast it is. And I could almost feel the energy that I kind of go about life sometimes with in this chaotic, like rushing from thing to thing and, and worrying, like you said, about the rent that's due in three weeks and stress and this. And then I'm over here in this tank and I'm like, geez, everybody's so much more worried and anxious than they need to be. There's this, and I almost talk about the psychedelic experience. I know this isn't for everybody, but maybe because I've had those experiences, my brain can make that happen. But I was so detached that I could feel the flow of life outside of me. And it sounds very hippie and spiritual, but I honestly could feel like there is a natural order to things outside of this tank that are going on. And I don't need to really worry about how xyz will happen i just need to worry about like the first thing the right now um it really just it made me feel almost humbled in my small role in this i was like i'm in a tank i could die in this tank and life would go on outside of me and like nature people are in this flow of life and it really humbled me and saying don't worry about like the fact that you're five minutes late don't worry about like this and that and relax like breathe you're part of this bigger thing and just do your like grounded me it humbled me well think about it too and not to get into semantics i'm not a grammar or a lit guy not at all um that word worry you don't need to worry about when when we say things like i shouldn't worry about this i should be worried about that no 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 you shouldn't be worried about shit you should be concerned so i try to stay concerned about everything i had a lot going on so i always have concern hmm focus right try to i always get i get pulled off too but i never worry i never think anything's hard I don't take life serious. But what I'm saying is we got to stop handling everything with panic and drama. And that's not going to help anything to blow your top or to, or to create anxiety or worry. I promise you, it's not going to help by, by letting that arise. It's better to breathe, stop, just assess the situation, say, okay, okay, wow, we got a flat tire. I got to get to work. Okay. I believe everything's about intentions. Yeah, that's exactly a great way to put everything I just said. And that's how I felt was uh, I recognize there's things that are going to happen and that might feel like they're wrong or obstacles. Right. But what I felt in the tank was no need to add that extra worry, stress, anxiety. No need to add that worry, that extra like, oh, oh my God, why is this happening? Like, no, that is not helping anything. So let's talk about this for a second. Because you, you, uh... You are focused, or you come from a hoops background. Yeah. Okay, you play college ball, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, and now you're using your knowledge from that to really, in your life, I imagine, you, you have a passion for it, and you're keeping it going. You're helping others now. Yeah. So this discussion here, it's not going to vibe with everyone, and floating's not going to For sure. First tell you, it's not for everyone. Yeah. But for people that want to be more mindful and, and balance um, all the physical that they do, you know? can't go inside to you to you sink a hundred straight from the free throw line right stuff like that okay i get all that that's part of the uh the whole picture here that's that's part of the balance but 
getting back to hoops for a second, um, how do you feel about, could you, if you were focused on that, could you go in there and imagine yourself, your form, maybe um, any processes, are you going to dribble the ball three times? Does it, does it help to be methodical or systematic? But whatever it is, can you get in the tank? And do you think you could have done these sort of things and visualize yourself doing a crossover oh, or sure. whatever it is? Yeah, I mean, that's just not what applies to my life right now so directly. You can relate to this thought. No, because, yeah, for sure. So I interviewed, I, I mean, I visualized myself walking in and doing an interview and I very much envisioned that I was in my body doing this. And so if I was still playing competitively, I would for sure be able to visualize myself um, you know, making more shots than maybe I usually do or playing better defense than I usually do or scoring that last basket and not being that nervous. Like I, you know, so it totally is doable. And I think like we were talking about the blocks, you might notice I'm here. I want to, I want to switch six in a row. Let me visualize it. One, two, three. And on the fourth, for some reason, you're not able to see it in your brain. Mm -hmm. And I think that's when people can start to look at where is my block? Why? Maybe I'm missing that fourth one, not because of something wrong with my mechanics, but maybe it's a mental block. Maybe there's around this midway point is when this insecurity comes up or this limiting belief comes up. I think for sure you can visualize anything. I just, what I found was there's going to be a block where visualizing something doesn't feel right or it doesn't feel like it's actually doable. And that's when, instead of just pushing through and be like, no, it's believable, ask yourself, why am I not able to visualize this next step? Or this, why, why can't I envision this going perfectly? Right, so maybe it could be another block. Yeah. When it's the buzzer and, you, and everyone's standing up, right? And you're one point behind and you have the ball and you want to do something with that, right? What are you going to do? But you know what you have to do. You just have to let it go yeah. and not worry about what if it doesn't go and all... That's those are the blocks and the barriers. But I would encourage people to, for athletes, I would I would love to see more athletes getting into visualization and manifestation, and this would be a good arena for it. Yeah. Besides meditation at home, totally. I think there's uh, there's actually even science behind this. So it's like it's not just for a lot of people it might be woo woo stuff, but I recommend and encourage people to check it out and do science research on it. One guy named Joe Dispenza has a full on company. Um, studying the brain waves and the brain pathways that visualization does and it's incredible insight that he's doing uh, but I've also heard that you know the deeper the meditative state you get into um, either back home meditating or in the float tank the more you're able to penetrate maybe uh, the subconscious I don't know I can't I'm not smart enough to relay the information but when you get into a deep meditative relaxed state information does seep into you much easier so whether it's an audible book whether you're visualizing whether um, it's even just positive affirmations or positive messages you're trying to implant into your mind getting into that crazy deep relaxed state is so beneficial yeah be a friend to yourself and you have to pat yourself on the back and not you know you don't have to slap you know pound of ego on each shoulder every day it's not about that it's all about confidence and belief but confidence once again confidence in the work that you've put into it you can't just sit there yeah and something's going to happen i mean it's just it's just it's not built that way so no. as we said earlier so put the work in but your balance is getting deep in the mind and and, and going through these blocks and barriers and you will be complete and no one's guaranteeing you know anything other than 
fulfillment, self-fulfillment, whatever you want to achieve, that's what you're going to get. And you just have to do it. That's, it's so easy. You just have to do it. Yeah. It's not hard. It's not. Yeah. This was one of the most beautiful experiences I've had in a while. The longest meditation I've ever done, for sure. The longest I've ever given my mind free reign and really just tried to befriend it, the whole process. Uh, to wrap up, you've done over, you've done hundreds of floats. Is there, if you had to choose like one theme or common lesson, if you had to take one of the biggest things the float tanks have taught you about yourself, about life, about anything, could you, could you encapsulate that? Yeah, it's easy. That's easy. And you're probably waiting for something really prophetic here or, or real grand, but no, I'll tell you. I don't take a whole lot serious in life. Of course I do, but with calm. And I don't worry. It's all concern, calm. I'm going to do my best, you know, but that's in life. You stay calm. You just do your best. As long as your intentions and getting back to me, my intentions, um, I feel like we all know the difference between right and wrong. And at every step in life, from the simplest to the biggest decisions you make, you just, you know, do the right thing, whatever that is. I know it sounds kind of cheesy, like, oh, do the right thing. But but even, you know, on the simplest, you know, whether it's, uh, okay, well, you get a choice. You get fries with that or a cup of fruit. Well, for me, speaking for me personally, um, I should be taking the cup of fruit more often, right? I know what's right and what's wrong. We just do it. Yeah. See, I'm not so extreme all the time, but but that's what I get out of it. I feel like I just don't take a lot serious. Everything is just calm, man. I mean, that guy that used to speed by me, run me off the road, and I feel like, well, I guess I have to flip him off now. He just controlled me. He just changed me and brought me out of whatever I'm doing, you know, and controlled me. I can't let anyone control me. You can't hurt me. Only if I allow you to. Now you pick up an axe and split my head. Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, let's use that. But but also, you know, people, we tend to take things too too personal. Mm. You, know, you just got to let things go, be easy, whatever. And that's yeah. what the float tank has really done for me personally. I've noticed is that that's what oh, I-, I just breathe deep, man, and it's easy. And, you know, but it's not, it's not work anymore. It's just whatever. It's just what it is. It's yeah. just easy. That's what I took from it. It gave me perspective. It took me out, and I, my one single session even was just take it a little less serious. And I love that you say that, but I know it doesn't come from a place of don't do anything, just sit on the couch, chill, don't be serious. Like, you're someone who does work hard, does do the things you know you want to do, but in a way that has a humbleness about it and knowing that all you have to do is just kind of take your best approach to things and well i'm selfish and i've I've chosen to be selfish people have taken that word and made it they give it a derogatory uh connotation but we need to be more selfish of self focus on yourself don't worry about other people man you focus on yourself i don't believe in competition i really don't I don't subscribe to competition in the way that the public does or, you know, the grand scheme of things, sports. I don't care about that. My only competition is with me. I'm just going to be the very best that I can be and happy for anyone else. No problem, you know. And I think by being selfish and by being your best version of yourself, I've come to believe I've seen people who've really just taken that approach. And it seems like by doing that, you serve the most people as a byproduct. Exactly. There you go. It's like by being the best Scott you can be, you are serving so many more people I'm not trying to uh, and what if you and I have a competition you know I'm going to do a podcast man but mine's going to be better than yours Yeah. and I'm focused on you and I'm tracking you 
Continue. Well, I'm gonna be better, but guess what? Who's to say you're the best? Yeah. I'm focusing on you. I'm not saying you're not, but what I'm saying is, yeah, I know. who are you gonna focus on to be the best? I gotta focus on me because of all the podcasts out there, I mean, it just doesn't make sense to focus on other people totally. or direct your attention to other people. And, you know, where I guess where haterism comes in, you really focus on someone else and mm-hmm. just let it go, man, because you're afraid of yourself. You're afraid to focus on yourself because you're afraid that you're not going to make it. And so you take it out on someone else. And that's why I say be selfish, be selfish of self. Just focus on yourself. And if you really want your life to work out for you, whatever you're doing, if you really mean that and you really want that, it's easy to focus on yourself because you got enough shit to do, man. There's a lot to do. We have a lot of work to do on ourselves and it never ends. It never ends. Yeah. But it's a beautiful journey. It is. Thank you for, uh, for letting me do some more work on myself through this tank. Yeah. It's, this is something I want to do for sure again. And, uh, it's a beautiful experience. It's just the way it is. Yeah. And I think people who are drawn to it will do it. And yeah, I will uh, link to your spot here in the podcast notes and make sure anybody who wants to uh, come try you out will have access to it. Yeah, I have full access. It's just me. I'm the only guy here. Cool. You'll always deal with me, but uh, appreciate you having me on. Um, yeah, it's been good, man. It's been sweet. Yeah. Thanks, Scott. All right, brother. Thanks for listening to the podcast, guys. If you enjoyed this episode, if you enjoyed the podcast in general, it would mean the world to me if you could uh, leave a five-star rating, leave a comment um, on the Apple iTunes app. That means the world to me. It helps me in getting new guests and to continue to build my credibility here in the podcast space. I'm really grateful for this community we're building here and all the people that are feeding their minds with this podcast. Um, This has been one of the most beneficial and empowering processes I've ever been a part of. So I appreciate you guys for supporting me in this journey. And I can't wait to keep the podcast coming. Like I said, we got weekly podcasts dropping. We're back to the schedule. So look out for it, guys. We got a lot of dope shit about to drop. So I appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening. And I'll see you guys next time.